Welcome all my gods and goddesses to the Bruja Temple podcast. I'm your host Ani Sage and I am that Bruja. This is an extra podcast I am adding on. This is more testimonial. Um, kind of so you get the understanding of, of, of my belief and, and why I believe it. Um, it's going to be a two, three parter, however long it's going to go because it is extensively long. Now, most of you who follow me understand that I was raised in a non-denominational household. I had seen the spirit of my real father um, before he passed away. I've seen the kindness that he had, and he was a very devout Christian. He would never miss church. He was always there, um, and it was to the extent that he used to deliver uh, newspapers, and early in the morning on Sundays, he would get maybe an hour of sleep and then wake us all up to go to church. He was devout. But his attitude towards people were humble and kind, and he helped everybody he could. Now, as for the other parental figure, um, I kind of had to get my eyes opened later on in life about that. Uh, my real dad passed away when I was six, so... Certain things happened as childhood that I'm not really going to talk on. Uh, what I'm going to be mentioning today is the stepping away and the belief system that started to change. And that happened when I was about 18 years old. So when I was 18 years old, I was working at a pizza place. Um, I worked at this pizza place throughout high school. I had just graduated. I know it was in August when all this happened very beginning of August and um, throughout my life of having a job I was always signing my paychecks over to the household um, and if I asked for anything shoes or, or even money I would get yelled at extensively now before I go on with this story I do want to give a forewarning there will be foul language because it is going to basically tell what happened um, in detail on how I remember it. So if you do not like foul language, um, this, this episode is not for you. Now, ever, t every time I would ask the incubator, Hey, I need some shoes or I need, want some money. Uh, I would get yelled at. I would be called a selfish bitch. Um, I did happen to be able to buy a vehicle uh, on out of my own pocket and I was 18 when I got my license 18 when I got a bank account and I tried to be more responsible with with money um, because I thought oh I have a bank account then I could be able to put money in there save it do do what I need to do take care of the car or whatever I was trying to learn that responsibility of being an adult and um, so yeah hmm it never really panned out that way. It always still panned out that the household needed money and I did not know where it was going or how it was being sent out. Um, I was just handing money over. And I understand, you know, you, you may sit there like, you know, your family needs help. Well, my family needed help. That's fine. The situation that got me to leave the household was more or less of my decision slash being kicked out. So it started on a Thursday. 
I remember it was on a Thursday because I was getting paid the next day. And I remember it was the beginning of August. I was getting paid actually August 1st. Um, for some reason, I have every memory detail of this situation. Uh, regardless of whether somebody says, oh, you're just making some stuff up. You didn't hear the whole story. Blah, blah, blah. You can believe me or not. But it started on Thursday when I got to work. I was counting my drawer as you're usually supposed to do. When I got done counting the drawer, I looked out the door. Um, I wasn't speaking to the Christian God. I don't think I was. I just was speaking. I didn't give a title really on who. I said, if I am meant to leave this household, send somebody in here today that knows my situation and will back me up leaving that household. So I got to work stocking up the salad buffet, stocking up the, you know, pizza boxes, all that other stuff. I was working, getting orders done. Three, three and a half hours later, a couple comes in that are regulars. Okay. And, and it's very important to let you know that this was not their regular day. Okay. I was surprised to see them on a Thursday. Okay. And right when they walked in, I remembered what I was, what I said when I first started my shift. Because I wasn't harping on it. I wasn't, you know, thinking about it. I wasn't looking for people to, you know, like, do they, you know, I just said it, went on my day. And when they walked in, it was like a reminder, a ding, ding. Hey, remember what you asked for? Now, I say these people are regulars, but this wasn't their day. Their day was on a Friday. And they could have just gone the, the whole week and not had their pizza or whatever. But I even asked them, I said, you know, your day is usually on Fridays. You know, what's going on? They said, oh, we're leaving out of town, um, but we really want to see you and, and uh, get our pizza for the week. So it was a significant sign. And these people knew exactly what was going on uh, because when, my, when I first got my car, the water pump was out. And because they were regulars, we had conversations and told them about the water pump. They actually went out of their way. We exchanged information. They came over to the house and fixed it for me. They went, got the part, all that other stuff. And, um, of course, at the time, the incubator uh, was like, well, you do know you have to pay them and whatever. And uh, I had a checkbook at the time. So I was running around doing whatever the incubator, you know, go get this, go get that, you know. So I was in and out of the house. And while they were fixing the vehicle, I don't know exactly what happened when I wasn't there. But when they were done and they were leaving, I went to their vehicle to write them a check and I handed it to them. They ripped it up right in front of me and they said, you need to leave that house. And so I knew that them specifically would back me up if I told them I was leaving. And it was a sign. I always love signs. Signs are a wonderful thing. And, um, if, if you see a sign and you think it's a sign about something, then it's a sign. But if you're looking for the sign, it's not a sign. That's, that's basically how I believe it. I wasn't really, you know, I asked for it, but I, I, I dismissed it until they showed up. So that was sign number one. I knew I had to leave the house. I knew it wasn't healthy for me. And this was a, a Christian household. This was like Bible thumping, you know, honor thy God, mother and father, and it will be well with you kind of thing. And that was the one thing that kept being, you know, you're, you're a disgrace because you don't honor me because I, you know, and 
I felt guilty in the fact that I even thought of leaving because of the Bible thumping and, you know, feeling as though I wasn't even worthy enough to stand out on my own. So I got home that day, that night, and I was uh, in my room and I was like, okay, so sign number one is done. I, I really need confirmation. This is scary. Leaving what you know to something different is scary. And because I was slowly just getting out of the cult uh, of Christianity and be offended, I call it a cult because it is, it's controlling, it's manipulative. I heard Matthew three. Now on my dresser that was next to my bed, I have two, I had two Bibles. One is the one, one of the Bibles, sorry, is the one that I was working with today. Um, the one that I still have, that I still carry, that my real dad got me when I was, uh, before he passed. So I, I opened up the first one on top, which was a student Bible that I had. I think it was the NIV, but it was one of those student Bibles that have those little pop-up blocks and stuff. And I started reading on Matthew three and it wasn't making sense to me. So I picked up the other book and started reading that it still wasn't making sense to me. And Something in my head just ringed, go back to the other book. So when I opened it up back to the other book, to Matthew 3, the box that was on that page popped out. And it had a phrase about, don't you think Abraham or, or some some person, Joseph or something, uh, departing from his homeland was scary, you know. And it was basically initially telling me, hey, you need to leave. It's going to be scary, but you need to leave. So that was sign number two. Now, I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know how to step up and say, I got to get out of this household. So before I went to bed, to whoever I was speaking to, I never said, you know, in Jesus' name or whatever. I didn't pray. I just simply said, you have to make a way. I honestly believe I was speaking to the universe. I said, you, you have to make a way. The next morning, I'm getting ready. I have to go get my check. Uh, and everything and I'm hoping that I could use the check to fix my car because at my car at the time the catalytic converter was shot and I couldn't really drive it uh, so I had to end up walking to get my paycheck uh, but when I was about to re leave the house I go to the incubator and I say you know what I'm gonna go get my check and I'll be back in a little bit and she throws her hands down in like a huff she looks at me and says, and what are you going to do with it? Mind you, at the time I was, you know, starting to get into the youth leadership and, you know, all this other stuff. I was working within the church and stuff, and I was required by the church to give tithe and offering. Uh, so I distinctly told her, I said, well, I'm going to go to the bank, deposit it in the bank account. Um, pull out tithe and offering and see what I have left to help with the bills. Apparently she did not like that. And she started going off, yelling, screaming, saying, take your precious money and go to a hotel. Da, 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 da. She, in her words, were kicking me out. And the events that followed um, was not of my doing. I felt instinctively in my spirit to keep my mouth shut when it came to people in that household. So she's yelling, screaming, and I'm, I'm 
I'm like, whatever, I'm going to go, whatever. Um, and I leave and I go up to my job to get my bank to get my, um, paycheck while I'm at my job getting the paycheck. I use their phone and I call the person that said they will house me. Uh, at the time, the pastor that I was, you know, at the church, his niece said, well, if you do leave the house, um, you could stay with me. So I called her up. She was actually working at the church because there was a nursery, a daycare there. So she told me to find a way up there and, you know, we'll discuss the details and stuff. So I did. I uh, hitched a ride with some stranger up to the church. And I was standing there talking to her about the details, telling her, you know, well, that we need, I need to get this done and this done. Uh, and for some reason, out of the corner of my eye, the man who became my father walked in. It's like he knew where I was. What happened between me and him, I'm not going to discuss because we had a discussion about it after, you know, I had moved out and, you know, years passed. And before he passed away, I'm not going to discuss on that situation because um, he he didn't do anything wrong to me. He he wanted the best for me and he only wanted to help me. But he hunted me down because we had to go to the community college to fill out the paperwork for the financial aid. So I got in the car with him and I kept hearing, keep your mouth shut, don't say anything. I so wanted him to help me. I so wanted to talk to him about it, but I couldn't because I knew if I did, I would never leave. So we go to the school and we get the paperwork filled out. We have it filled out and I get back in the car and we're heading back to the house. And he's still telling me, you need to talk to me. You need to talk to me. Um, fast forwarding because, uh, like I said, I'm not going to talk about what happened between me and him. I get into the house and the incubator's still yelling at me, still screaming at me, telling me to get my shit, telling me God hates me. I'm a fucking liar. Started ripping jewelry off of me, bracelets that I had. And, and I'm just out of high school, you know, been devout into the Christian cult. And so I have like, you know, WWJD bracelets and necklaces and a, a handmade necklace of Jesus, you know, with a thorn, you know, like it, that was my favorite one. Uh, and she's ripping them all off of me, screaming and yelling at me that God hates me and I'm a liar. And I'm, I'm calmly, for some reason, I am calmly grabbing my things as I see my siblings stand next to her, as my brother is trying to tell me to just stay, to apologize. I do not feel like I did anything wrong. And I load up this car this broken car, hoping that it was going to get me out of that house. I had packed up that car with all my stuff in less than 30 minutes, I believe. And it was easy for me. For some reason, it was easy for me. I am a person that will break down and stop and freeze and do everything. For some reason, I had something pushing me. Keep getting your shit. Keep getting it. Keep getting it. So I filled up my car and I got in it and I, and I was leaving. And as I was backing out of the driveway, the car stopped. So in my head, I'm like, shit, I should just stay. I should just stay. But then again, something got me to turn the car back over. It was started going and I left. I left that household. 
I met up with the pastor's niece. I talked to my work, told him I can't work, you know, all this stuff's going on, found somebody to replace me. Um, and, and I unloaded my car at the pastor's niece, niece's apartment. And I'm freaking out. Not, you know, there's people there that, you know, good hearts, great people. And they're just sitting there's like, you know, they're, they're trying to talk me out of it because I am now breaking down. Thinking I did something wrong, thinking that I am just a failure. Now, the church I was going to at the time is a completely toxic church. Not saying everybody in that church was toxic, but the church itself was toxic. And uh, a couple of years later, I ended up leaving that church. Um, but what happened when I left, I believe it was like two to three weeks later, my grandmother came to the church to get the pastor and me and to have a conversation about what happened because how it was being told to my grandmother was that I just up and left. I had to explain to her, no, this is the situation. And she didn't agree with the incubator at all. She didn't tell me that, well, you just need to go back home. She never convinced me to go back. I said I was done. I need to have my own life. So I'm staying there and I start diving into my, to myself and to, to who I am. And at the time I, you know, the, the church I was going to was prominently a black church and the niece that I was staying with helped me basically, you know, do the little things that I never was taught how to do. Um, showed me tricks on hairstyles and stuff like that. And, you know, was, was there for me, but never judging me. Okay. I was able to actually use money. I bought food that I wanted, I, you know, and, and I started feeling a little bit more independent and all I felt like I needed was to find this God everybody was so in love with. Uh, I think it was about a month or so later, uh, the girl I was staying with decided she wanted to move back home. And so it would leave me the apartment and I had to figure out how to make, you know, pay the you know bills and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I think I could do it. Uh, and the pastor said he was going to help me, you know, sort all the changeovers out, which, which was great. While she is packing and getting ready for her move, there's a knock on the door and I look out the window and it's my younger brother and I panic. She opens the door and of course she makes the mistake because the incubator knows the family. She used to go to the church, so she knows where they're from. And when she said that she was moving back to wherever, she knew that apartment was where I was at. And I was trying to figure out how she knew which apartment, which apartment complex to look at. Was she going to every one of them? Apparently my older brother decided to tell her where I was at. The apartment complex had a pool and I was like, you know, I'm going to go swimming. And for some reason he was driving down and I don't know how my niece saw me, but she said, Oh look, it's Nini. That's what they called me, Nini. And so my older brother came through and he started screaming and yelling at me telling me that I have disappointed the family, 
and how I need to, you know, just stop being selfish. He even dragged my niece out of the car and told me to tell her I hate her and I would never see her again, which I can never do. He even threatened to beat me up. And all I was telling him is I just need God. I don't need this. I am not this. You, you're perpetuating all of this. It's not true. And so he got mad and I assume he went to the incubator and told him where I was at, but didn't know exactly what apartment. That's why apparently they were knocking on every, every door. So somehow she tried to have a conversation and throughout the time I just kept going back. I lost the apartment because apparently even though I was paying the bills when the pastor decided to add more roommates after his niece left they weren't they weren't paying anything and I got stuck uh, trying to cover it all when I didn't have enough money for it so I was hopping from church member to church members house and seeing the truth behind every household and how what people present themselves in churches is not who they live like and I'm not trying to condemn anybody but you cannot go to a church and tell me how to live my life when I see how you live your life one of the households I actually got kicked out of because she was her her fiance was moving in and it wasn't like I was taking up a whole bunch of space. I was in one room. If he was moving in, it was going to be in her room. But she said that I needed to leave. I stayed with another person who then tried to tell me that she was mad her boyfriend would not stay the night because I smelled. But I showered every day. I you know, worked in a warehouse at the time. So every time I'd come home, I'd have to shower because I'd been sweating all day. And there was a smell in the house, but I know it wasn't me. And I did not want to sit there and say, well, it's not me. It's somebody else. And she had like four kids. So, uh, but I got kicked out because of that. I got my car stolen and from another house. And these were church members. These were people who were supposed to be, you know, oh, let's do this. There's so much secrets within the household of church members. And I'm not condemning, but don't go to a church and claim that you're, you're perfect and, and, and stuff like that. And then the, cause I'm expecting, Hey, let, let's get this lined out. Okay. They even took advantage of me. The, the one house that, you know, kicked me out cause their fiance was moving in. I was working at another pizza place and she wanted me to pay and I couldn't save any money. I couldn't get into my own place. I could not get financially stable because everybody was wanting me to pay. And with me not having a secure place to live, my jobs were jumping back and forth. The time I was selling perfumes when my car got stolen. And then I ended up having to file bankruptcy because the guy who stole it was the girl's boyfriend who was in a neighborhood selling drugs, who went to the church and then yelled at me if I put, um, my cigarettes on the book of the Bible. You don't do that to the Bible. I'm like, what the fuck? 
Further into why I left the church is not only because of that, is because when I, you know, would try and and be that youth leader, because I was still the youth leader, I finally got my own self into an apartment. Um, and I and I had a job, and I I thought I was doing well, but I had to figure it out myself, and that was fine. I figured it out myself. I became the youth leader. I started teaching. I went from five teenagers to 25. Everybody was, all the kids were bringing their, their friends because of how I was teaching. I was, I feel like I was relating with them and I wanted to relate with them. So they get an understanding and be like, you know, you have power within yourself. Uh, we started talking about something like the youth group grew. So I came up with an idea to do a pizza slumber party lock-in type thing. And, you know, a few weeks before that, the pastor pulled me in and said, you don't necessarily have paperwork to be a youth pastor. I said, well, I'm a youth leader. That's, you know, he goes, well, we're just going to bring somebody in who has the paperwork. So legally we're all okay. They're not taking over. They're just going to help. Well, they took over. And when we were doing the lock-in, they were supposed to pick me up. And they didn't. They kept pushing me out. They were finding reasons to push me out. And finally they did. Um, and, and I was done. I did find out, however, that that youth group fell apart shortly after I left. Shortly after I got kicked out. Um, and, and I felt bad because these kids had nowhere else to go. I found out that the pastor was hiding things as well. Um, and if you're supposed to be a leader of a congregation of growth within a, a spiritual sense, you should be portraying that as well. This pastor was uh, had convinced the assistant pastor to give up his home to him because he, the house was so nice and the pastor should live in the nice house. I found out that he was leaving his wife um, who he had two kids with. And later after I got kicked out, I found out by somebody that it was because not even two months later, he was already seeing somebody else. And so after that, I was, I was living by myself. Things went downhill and I ended up having to go back to the incubator on certain restrictions though. That is when she decided to do a contract, having me pay rent and all this other stuff. And doing that doesn't really help me save to get in my own place. But I had nowhere else to go. My job moved out of state. I didn't have transportation to get there. I lost my apartment. Um, so I had to go home to the incubator's house. I am going to leave it off there um, because the details after that, it's always back and forth. Okay. Um, there's not much on any detail, um, from me just, I moved in, I moved out and I moved in and then I moved out. And when it comes to the biblical aspect, I never really enjoyed going to churches. After what happened at the church I was a youth leader at, I only went because my dad would ask me and I have 
mad respect for him. He had stood in and he was my advocate. He, he, he had my back. 125,000%. And it was only because of him that I would be constantly moved back in. It was all because of her that I would move out. And, you know, even going to his church, I was, you know, really shunned, you know, because I told him, hey, I was a youth leader, da, da, da. They sit there and, you know, they put, and I understood they didn't know me. But then they started to condemn me because before I officially moved back in and I was hungry, they said, you know, dad's like, go, go get some food out of the pantry. I got yelled at for it by the pastor the next Sunday saying, if you can smoke cigarettes and dye your hair, you don't need our help. That really withdrew me from the organization of Christianity. And it really made me see the truth that I did not want to continue with this cult idealist. So that is when I started to seek out my own truth. I started getting into Buddhism because even in high school, I did feel drawn to Buddhism. I, I loved the stories of Buddha uh, and the understanding of it. And so I was trying to dive in, but of course, moving back and forth and, and working, I don't know everything about Buddhism. But I decided at that point, I was tired of going to churches. I was tired of, of trusting in other people to help me. Um, and I continued to go back and forth um, moving in, moving out, moving in, moving out. Uh, the next testimonial I will start when uh, is about 2008. Because I had moved out and I was living in my own apartment. And it was my dad who came to me and said, I am buying a house with a huge amount of rooms. Move in. I went with the family together and it was an hour and a half away from where I was living now or at that point. And, um, so yeah, he convinced me to move back in one more time. The next time I do a testimonial, um, you know, I will continue on. Uh, but that is where it all started. That is where the breaking point was, was when I was 18 and I got into with the churches to see the truth and know that, there is so much more within your spiritual soul than what Christians want to believe, than how they want to portray. There is no love and there was no compassion. There was even a time at a church we did a nativity scene play. And being one of the last people to leave, I saw church people turn somebody who needed shelter they turned her away that same night we did the nativity scene and what still rings in my head is one of the kids looked up and said didn't we just do a play about this times are to the point of realization of who people are the church is falling apart because they are not showing the true spirituality and the true power that is in every single body. And I know this may seem to be a dragged on testimonial, 
me yammering around, but it needs to be said. It needs to be shown. Um, at least for my mental health. Because trying to break away from something you were raised to believe, you're going to feel like you're going to be doing it wrong. Because you know no other way. But as you get deeper into your own belief, your own salvation, which is one of the phrases that I loved about Buddha is he said, do not worship me for I am not a god. You must find your own salvation. Finding your own salvation is not adapting to what you were raised to believe. It is finding your own truth, finding who you are, finding those that will have your back regardless of what others may say. It is finding your soul. And many people in the church wants to place a cookie-cutting soul on each and every body that enters into their domain. And that is not how I believe the world should be, that we all have our individuality. We all have our own path to take and finding your own spirit, finding your own soul, finding your own destiny is going to be on the outside of the organization of Christianity, of the organization of any religious belief. If you feel comfortable, if you feel yourself in that, I'm not discarding it. But it's not for everybody. People have trauma in churches for a reason. And a lot needs to be held accountable for what they have done. And me standing in my faith and my belief right now is who I am. I have never been so happy. And I want to be growing in that. 